I'm Darius. And I'm Sam. And welcome to the Oxford Youth Podcast. This podcast is by young people, for young people, just to talk about the things that we care about. We're here to give you a voice, whether that's the voice of your creativity, your professionalism, or just something that you're doing that you feel needs to be spoken about. And if you want to get in touch and actually get on this podcast, you really can. We don't bite. I mean, we promise. And we genuinely, we promise. But the real question here is, are you listening? I mean... Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? (laughs) Let's just get on into the podcast. Welcome back to the Black Lives Matter mini-series. There are some themes within this mini-series that may be upsetting to you. If it is triggering to you, themes of racism, bullying, and various other things, please we implore you to listen to another one of our podcasts that will be much more beneficial to you. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the Black Lives Matter mini-series. Let's get into it right now. Hi everyone, it's Darius here again, here on the Oxford Youth Podcast. We are still in the Black Lives Matter mini-series, and today we are on the next episode of Fantastic Allies and Where to Find Them. We have truly had some amazing conversations over this podcast mini-series. Like, how have you guys been finding it? Have you been enjoying it? Have you been learning from it? I really, really hope you have been. Today we are going to have on Raph. Gabriella, Hannah. Now, every single one of them are absolutely phenomenal. Raf basically is like my big brother. I've known him since secondary school. And yeah, he's just been like such a lovely, kind person. I mean, to be fair, in school, he wasn't the, I mean, he was annoying in school, but he was lovely. (laughs) He's been like the coolest person that I've ever known. And let's just say that the coolness doesn't stop there. He is the di- he is the director at the other half, a sport and change consultancy. He is currently working on a project with the NHS, and he's the host of another podcast called Rap Chats, where he talks to professors, businessmen, and women, academics, and athletes, which is absolutely amazing. After you've listened to this whole mini series, I would highly recommend you checking out Rap Chats. Gabriella, she is an artist and creative writer, and she's absolutely fantastic. If you have not checked out her artwork on Collective Conversation and also on her Instagram, which we will ask more, ask her more about later, but it's just absolutely divine. Like you need to go and see it. You just need to. My girl Hannah, like my one of my bestest, bestest friends ever. She is such an exceptional person. Not only is she a fantastic actress, her and her mum are in business together. They're they're doing this fantastic jewellery business called Field of Tree Jewellery. You need to go and check it out and support this amazing business done by mother and daughter. Like, just go and look at some of the designs on their Instagram. It's just top tier. Like, you can't even get things like that in Pandora or any of these places where you would expect to get really kind of high quality jewellery it doesn't even compare to what Field of of Tree Jewelry are even coming up with, so you need to go and check them out. This is going to be such an interesting conversation, talking about allyship and so many other things, because we all need to take steps to become better. Me included. I'm not excluded from this conversation. We all need to take steps to be better in regards to anti-racism, in regards to how we treat discrimination, how we treat everyone. We need to do better as a human race. Let's chat to them all right now. Hi, everyone. It's so lovely to see you. 
Hey, Darius. Hey, Dad. <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, you called me Daz. Like, oh, we're throwing that all the way back. Like, oh, so you Hannah, know like, you know, that, that, those days when I was exactly. Daz and now I'm like fully Darius. Oh, that's great. <laughs> How have you been over this period, Hannah? Um, yeah, no, I've been good. Quarantine's been good. Like, just doing my own thing, being creative. It's, yeah, it's been quite, yeah, a learning experience. It's been good. Yeah. And like your creativity has been taking you in some really amazing and awesome places, especially with your mum. Like, can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah. So um, me and my mum have started this um, jewellery business. It's, um, yeah, my mum's been a jewellery designer for 20 years and she, she kind of lost it a while ago. So then we decided to come together and then create a jewellery business called Field of Tree Jewellery Plug. But um, yeah, it's going really well at the moment. We're kind of like, there's times when it's a little bit of a struggle to like stay motivated to keep pushing. But um, at the moment, we're just hoping it stays how it is. It's doing well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And I'm, I'm so excited to see like all of the amazing new designs because some of the things that you've been putting on Instagram, I'm just there like, oh, hello. Like, like they've got things for women. Yeah, no, like, no. girl. So like when I when I get some coin, like I'll I'll be at your front door, just like hi. Can I have all the jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, they do I men's stuff. So. They do women's stuff. So get yourself down there, people. Order everything. Like make sure that they sell out. Like do do all <laughs> of the right. Do all the things you should do. Like support the business. <laughs> Thank you. That's okay. Gabriella, how are you? How have you been over this fun period that we've been calling quarantine? Hello, Darius. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been, uh, um, I've been all right. Throughout the quarantine, it wasn't like that easy, but I don't think it has been easy for anyone. But this uh, past week, I just moved to London, just want to focus on my career. So that's, that's been a bit of a big step for me, but I felt ready. And um, yeah, it's, I'm settling in, in my new place, but that's where I'm at right now. And um, yeah, I was looking forward to work with people in the city. And um, yeah, that's, yeah. That's amazing. And also like, as well as being like fantastically creative, like I've seen some amazing work from you on Collective Conversations because you are a brilliant artist. Like where can people find out more about your fantastic art? Thank you. So I have made a separate page. Uh, it's called Gabriela G. Hey, um, I mean, sorry, I said it in Spanish. Um, <laughs> Gar- <laughs> um, it's called at Gabriela, actually, no, I changed the name. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> underscore, underscore, N O L O V A underscore. And I have a website as well where people can get prints. They can even get like a commission portrait if they want, which a lot of people like to have. Um, so I put that option there. You can find that at uh, Gabriela G Flores and then with set at. Uh, dot com so you can get prints there too so people go get your prints like <laughs> like do i want a commissioned like picture yeah. of my face yes like yeah, yeah I'll, uh, I'll put it on this wall right here 
yeah for like the like how you like for the quality of it it's not that it's not that much like i think it's like 30 i'm actually it's like 50 but it's it's, it's high quality still like mm. it's a good deal it's good. that's amazing Yep, definitely people go and invest in a queen. And now we've spoken to two queens and now we're about to go speak to a king. Raf, how are you? <laughs> oh, Darius, I, I never knew I was going to get that introduction. Um, brilliant. <laughs> I, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, if, I, if I blushed, I would be blushing. Um, <laughs> so how am I at the moment? Uh, the sun isn't shining, um, but it's, been, it's a nice change. It's been a scorcher. So I'm, I'm embracing the, uh, the slight lack of heat today and uh, just cracking on with a few projects hmm. what projects have you been working on recently uh so darius uh, i've been fortunate enough the last couple of years to work for a, a sports business consultancy uh the stuff i mainly do is around change management so going into firms and looking at what they do and looking at what how they might want to change things or looking at their culture but then um, when covid hit i was, I was really quite keen on uh, frankly trying to get some opportunities and work within the nhs um, just to try and do my bit. And, and I was really fortunate enough to get an opportunity with a trust down in Essex. Uh, so I'm doing a bit of uh, change management work down here and it's just been an absolutely wonderful experience. It's mm, amazing. Like you just, you never cease to amaze me. Like you're just one of those brilliant people. And like also like, aren't you like crossing the T's and dotting the I's on like your masters as well? It's almost like we've, uh, oh, Darius, that was beautifully said. I mean, it's almost like we've done the intro before. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm um, fortunate enough to be uh, hopefully just finishing off my master's uh, out of Warwick this year. So um, that'll be really good. Well, that's absolutely amazing. Like, I've, I'm proud to say I've known you for a good while now. And like, as I joked in the intro, like I said you were <laughs> annoying, but like, you're like annoying in the way that like a big brother's annoying. So it's, it's like, it's fine. Like, it's lovely. <laughs> I'll take that as a wholesome compliment, Darius. I'll, I'll take that in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we're going to get into this. Um, over the last couple of episodes, we have been getting into some really deep conversations about allyship, not just for Black Lives Matter, but for anti-racism and discrimination and so many other things. So we're just going to get right into the depths of it. So my first question for you all is, when you first heard the news and of the disgusting, brutal murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and Amord Arbery and the countless others, how did you react to that? Hannah, we'll start with you. Um, I think, although I'd ex like, I've actually witnessed brutality before, um, even though I'd seen it, it was still kind of like, you don't realize it's real i think as well like growing up in such a small town like this uh, you we are so fortunate that we essentially get to choose what we do and don't see like mm -hmm. with the new we only see what's in our town or we'll yeah. only see what we choose what channel we choose to flick on so like even though i was aware of it i think it's still just like it really did shock me um and yeah it annoys me that it shocked me like it really does like it should have been something i was aware, aware about more and i don't know um yeah but i am like glad well i'm not glad at all however it's amazing that there was such a reaction for people to talk about this now and make change and hopefully it will continue to do so yeah but, yeah uh 
that's a completely understandable reaction because like even though it's not good what happened the timing of it us being in like lockdown kind of made it good because everyone was forced to watch everyone was forced to listen and kind of take it in and hopefully make a change on it so i yeah i wholeheartedly agree with what you just said gabriella how did you feel when all of that was blasted all over the news all over social media how did that make you feel um i was yeah i was like heartbroken like how can people be like this in the world but um like growing up as well like latin america has you know especially panama in general is not like a rich country you know so i remember being a kid and going to the grocery store and they have like a way of portraying media um mm. that is very graphic and i remember just like the the front of the grocery stores were filled with different newspapers and the front page in it, it depended of the newspaper but there was uh, you would constantly see very graphic images of killings and um here it's a bit more uh, things are a bit more censored but growing up i definitely on the news it, very graphic was going on the streets um so it was um yeah it, it makes you think that there's a lot of bad people in the world yeah um and um i'm glad that it it had a lot of impact globally you know yeah, yeah. Thank you. Raf, how did you feel seeing all of these people from all around the world in different countries uniting together in such a way to tell everyone that Black Lives Matter? How did that make you feel? Well, I think it's it, it, it's such an important thing that, I mean, it's also worth reflecting on, on the fact of how the COVID environment played into the relationship of this as well. You've got people which COVID is impacting all of us, not all equally, but it, and and what's sad to me about the whole covid crisis is that across the world this should have brought the world together but sadly it's bringing so many people apart and particularly on a, the sort of the international perspective we're seeing more divisions ever than before but what what really excited me about the black lives matter movement is it's not only is it brilliant that it's pulling loads of people together and getting people to talk about this but it's a wave of momentum and um, the question you asked to, to the other two around shock is interesting because i i I wasn't so much shocked because this is, I'm not going to say it's a common occurrence in America, but particularly in the UK, where relatively, not, I'm not saying the police isn't racist here, but I'm saying that compared to the US, I, I would argue we're in a much, much better space. Still needs lots of improvement, but over there, and it's not just within um, the black community. This is this hits Hispanics to the core. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a bit of work with a, um, a good Filipino friend of mine over in California. And obviously, California is a really, it's a very, very liberal state. Um, but it is incredible the amount of prejudice that he's faced uh, from the police. So mm. it's something that I, it's something that we're all aware of. But I think that the sort of the George Floyd case and the number of cases after that um, have really brought it to the forefront, and and it gives us this unique opportunity to actually tackle these issues head on. Mm, thank you and I think it's brilliant that you also mentioned about like the Hispanic community as well because mm -hmm. I remember going to um, Los Angeles and being in um, a taxi 
and the taxi driver saying to me and my parents oh like um this is like the hispanic side of town but i wouldn't trust anyone over here and it's like wait but but why like what what have they done to you or what have they done to like anyone to warrant what you've just said and we even brought mm-hmm. up with him in the car it's like what like what have what have they done like why are you saying that and he kind of like was mumbling under his breath being like oh no you just shouldn't trust them and i was like well but no like that's not a valid argument when you're saying that you shouldn't like trust a certain group of people or that they're untrustworthy or whatever like that's really hurtful because these are people that we're talking about we're not we're not talking about like anything like trivial we're not talking about like clothing or anything like that we're talking about actual people so the words that we use against other people is extremely important and we should only really be using words to lift people up not tear people down histories are intertwined as i said and this is all our battle we must work together, together. to end the institutional racial and structural inequality that we see before us. And this is a start. This is not just a march, this is not just, it is solidarity with those of America, but that's not what it is. This is a call to action. That's why I'm involved with the local party. Please get involved with the local party. Please get involved with the local organizations because we need to change the system. I am so proud to have seen the work of One Justice and Sasha and Bino. They've done a brilliant job with this today. Let's give them a shout out. For- Guys, have your opinions of the UK and the media, the government, education system, have any of your opinions on them changed recently? Yeah. <laughs> um, I has, um, I'm going to admit that um, uh, I, with many things, I think when you grow up, you tend to think that just because they're a higher, have more authority, that what they're saying is uh, legitimate. Mm. But as you grow older, you realize that a lot of things are lies. Yeah. Um, and it made me think that I should question every single thing because uh, I, I, I would admit that I, I felt a bit protected from a lot of truth that I didn't know was underneath. Yeah. So it's always good to um, listen to different sources regarding one topic rather than, you know, just one. And so it definitely has made me think, oh, I should really question everyone. It doesn't matter the title that they have. Yeah, because, yeah, there's a lot of bad people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's kind of too many to count at this moment in time. Yeah, it's like it cannot all be perfect out here, you know, it's like, and you, you see it when people start calling each other out and you're like, oh, wait, this person was like this? Oh. So, so yeah, it has definitely opened my eyes. Yeah. So, yeah. Has anyone else had like an eye-open experience like that with the media, the government, ed- the education system? Mm, I know with me, probably it was definitely the media, like but also the media and then the way social media can twist things um like even um um times where they were saying saying the right thing like some like a say we're talking about a murder yeah um they would talk about that but then all of which is true 
at the end of the day, it was a murder, but the, the lead ups are all completely wrong or, yeah. or, but then I don't even trust if they're wrong because I'm still seeing it from a screen. So like, is it wrong? I wasn't there. So then you're, you never know. like, I just, yeah, it's a tricky yeah. thing. Like, that's why I find it so hard to form an opinion sometimes because I'm like, well, like I said earlier, we're from a small town. I'm seeing this stuff on the media and it's shocking me, but then it, is it even true? Like, yeah. really, like I, I don't know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, it's definitely. interesting to look, look at the language as well. I mean, the, the mm. thing with the media, I mean, I, I've been well, unfortunate enough to be on the wrong end of, of some significant negative press in a number of my roles um, before um, with the BBC. And it's, it's really interesting, particularly at a local level, when they'll publish stories but they, which they haven't actually fact-checked. And then you have to sort of go on live to sort of say to them, no, you've got X, Y, and Z wrong. And I think mm. this happens on a, on a national and international level. I mean, one mm. of the biggest eye-openers for me was the subtle nuances in language that they use for different um, things. So effectively, you had... Uh, lots of different protests so you had yeah. some of the far right-wing protests in america and you had uh, let's just call them left-wing protests whether that be black Lives matters or whether that whatever causes that may be the language used by the u.s media predominantly i know fox news the trump network all, <laughs> all that nonsense but but it is interesting to look how a president of a nation articulated his feelings towards those right-wing protesters and calling them like fine honorable people and then talking at the protests with the black lives matter movement and talking to those as and saying they're rioters yeah and i think there's so many interesting nuances there and, and you've seen it throughout history where where politicians have leveraged um civil sort of civil i'm not going to call it civil chaos but all these instances to push their own agendas so for example i i'm sure that there'll be instances where those peaceful protests will have possibly become riots due to intervention from outside sources. So yeah. I think that for me, it's the, it's the more the manipulation that has come to the forefront uh, more than ever before. Mm, definitely. And I agree with that, especially with the intervention, because there have been loads of instances recently where police have intervened where they didn't actually need to mm -hmm. and then they've instigated something which the media cotton on to and they're like oh the black lives matters and movements turned into a riot they're this they're that and it's like hold up if you look at the full picture they didn't instigate anything they were just there they were already set to be there and when a police officer is in front of you on a horse and they're right up in your face and you're like wait i'm just trying to walk i'm just trying to do the march like just like everyone else i'm just trying to do the march and you're there and they're shouting abuse at you and you're there like well i'm not gonna just stand here and take this abuse like i'm someone's going to react so if you're gonna like i mean for want of a better phrase if you're gonna poke the bear like what do you expect like people are already upset people are already angry and if you just poke them and prod them and, and they're like, oh, you're this, you're that, you shouldn't be here, they're going to get mad. Like, what is that? They're just going to get mad. And I think we should expect that. Like, if you, you've already, if a people group is already upset, just expect them to react in that way. And I don't think the demonization of like a lot of the Black Lives Matter protesters in the media has been extremely damaging to see. The um, thing is, if, what I think, sorry. Just what I was thinking okay. as well is one thing I noticed 
investigative articles is they focus on the headline because they know the mm -hmm. public are too ignorant to actually go and read the article. Yeah. So they'll make that, they might actually tell the truth later down in the article, but they'll just stick with that title. And I think mm. that's what made me, I'd hate, uh, I, I didn't come off Facebook because I still wanted to like make sure I was involved, but it yeah. was like, I'm seeing people sharing stuff with absolute, like I saw, um, someone share when the Reading, the, it was a stabbing in Reading, wasn't it? And it was after yeah, so. the Black Lives Matter protest. However, it was at like, you could say it was after Cowley Road Carnival, but like yeah. it's completely separate. Like you could say anything. So, um, yeah, but they, but then everyone just shared it immediately. Like, look what Black Lives Matter protesters are doing. It has nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah. So you can see how people can't be bothered to do their research. So, mm. but then is your research ever even research? Because it's still mm. from the, I don't know. So it's, it's yeah. a, a cycle. <laughs> I can't make yeah. it. <laughs> it is definitely okay. a vicious cycle sometimes where mm -hmm. like I've been having a conversation with my cousin, my cousin recently. Um, well, if he was in a different if he was in a different situation at this moment he would have got arrested by the police for doing nothing for simply just being black and his friend being asian that would have been it that was the only crime i'm air quoting this that they committed and it's like well what can we even do now because it's like we're trying to encourage people to have these conversations we're trying to encourage people to you know research or listen to our stories or you know purchase from black black owned businesses or do do just do something just try and become like kinder nicer people and it's like well what can we do like it's it's like he can't even now walk through his own neighborhood without you know the police just walking around and seeing a black man or seeing like a south asian man and being like oh no you're criminals and it's like they're not they're, they're just people and it's absolutely crazy if any of you guys feel comfortable sharing i completely understand if you don't because it's this is i mean it's a heavy topic but have any of you guys ever been a victim of racism i think in so i never really thought about it when i was living in panama i grew up there for 18 years because pretty much everybody's the same skin tone as me um but when i moved here in the uk um i remember i was it had been like a month and all of a sudden i was just walking on the sidewalk and i had like just a thought oh my god people can be racist towards me yeah because i i it didn't really click but it clicked back then and i remember like i i felt like it really like shocked me to an extent because i it was something that i was like worried because I, I I never had to think much about it, but then back home, there's a lot of racism as well in the school yeah. as well. It's uh, I I have seen witness a lot of uh, like racial slurs at school, and teachers would not say anything because they're so uh like desynthesized, you know, mm -hmm. not just because you don't have to be uh uh. You, you can you can be I think you can be any color and still be racist like it doesn't matter um, and I like no people are so so yeah 
but then like here um the racism that i have i because people don't people like to be subtle about this yeah. stuff because they don't want to be called out you know but they know and you know when when it is happening um but i i haven't fully um had someone uh say something that was very overtly racist that was mm. like go back or like calling out my color or something like that but there's been definitely instances where people are mean for no reason and you think is it my skin color or is yeah. it just me because you don't know um and you haven't done anything to them then there's another side i feel to women yeah that is you get fetishized a lot uh, i have experienced a lot of that and um it comes across with a lot of um the flirting the especially when someone sees you the first time they all this special i get mainly this with the guys mm. you know they see me a couple sentences after where are you from like instant like yeah. they just want to know they just want to have an image oh nice and now they act a bit different when yeah. they they're a bit more attracted you know women don't really do that to me it's always been men who have been very quick that one time i was at the bus stop it happens a lot in this area of fetishizing um and sexualizing um people of color of like people as well um i remember i was waiting for the bus and this guy this white guy just comes along crosses the street and he's like waiting a couple minutes like he's just gathering some courage or i don't know what it is mm-hmm. and he comes next to me and he's like oh like like for for him i i probably look like like out of this world because he was just like where are you from how long have you been here the usual like your english is so good blah blah, blah. Mm. like we don't speak english you like you don't speak english you can only speak english in the uk and us like like <laughs> oh thank you <laughs> um and like he looks so exotic and it's like man like what am oh. i to you like my fruit to you like, <laughs> my a mango to you <laughs> that completely turns me off and uh, like just i don't want to speak to this person it's it's it, it objectifies a lot and it separates mm. from wanting to know the person you know um so yeah it, it, there's different ways that i have experienced that but nothing that was very obvious that was like you know those videos that go viral with the Karen yeah. nothing like that but it's been more mild okay. yeah well, or assumptions so of much. like sorry yes or assumptions <laughs> of like my background and yeah. those stereotypes oh you don't like spicy food or oh, you should know how to dance <laughs> yeah and all that stuff yeah mm. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing because I feel like that could help someone who's listening, like whether they are going through that and they don't realize it and that they'll probably start to notice like, oh, wait, this could be what's happening. So I feel like I really I'm appreciative of you sharing that because like you didn't have to. So I appreciate it. So thank you.
No worries. Yeah, of course. Anyone else? Like, if you feel confident enough to share, obviously you don't have to. It's completely up to you. I'll jump in with mine. Um, it's, yeah. Or, or you, Hannah, sorry. Yeah, go. Because mine's no, just... Um, yeah, so obviously I'm half Japanese, half English. My mum's the Japanese one. Um, so, yeah, I was born in England. Um, but I think... This is how I know that, um, well, obviously we know that racism is learned, yeah. but I never experienced, I think I, I, ha I always say this and then my mum's like, no, you did experience racism when you were even younger. But the first time that I acknowledged it was in when I was nine years old. Um, mm. And this is like the final year of, or, or year five of primary school. And um, someone just like, obviously mocked me like in a lesson it was a new guy that came to the school but all of the nobody had said anything to me the whole time I was growing up no one at school said anything um and I always say it was like the moment that I realized I was different it's like mm. I genuinely had no clue that I was Japanese it was like my mum is Japanese I didn't think she was Japanese that's my mum I don't think oh I've got a Japanese mum I think oh mm. my mum so, yeah, I always say that I didn't realise in mean, secondary school, a new school, new people, new um, prejudices. And, yeah, I, I did suffer it quite badly until um, I accepted my race. And I think I, I didn't because I, I thought I was white. I'll be honest with you. I literally thought, like, I, I am. I'm half white, but... Yeah. I really thought I was like just normal, normal, normal for England. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so to be told you're different was quite a big shock. And then it was only when I accepted my race that genuinely, even street bullying from random people, most nearly every time was someone who didn't know me that would racially comment. Mm. Um, but it was only when I just had this confidence or like just changed from being from appearing insecure I don't know what it yeah. is but one day I stood up for someone who um yeah abused me in the street and it I got such a good reception and then I never I mean you all know I have had um racial abuse recently as well cause yeah. with coronavirus um so yeah that that's been hard it's been hard on my mum um but yeah it, it really is a case of you just need to know yourself you need to be proud of your race like that, that scares racists it really does yeah. like they, they don't want to say anything because oh wait yeah like you can't bully someone who is proud of the thing that you're bullying exactly. so yeah that's probably the biggest message i have to anyone who has or will experience racism i'm i also want to say like I am lucky to say that my racism, especially in the UK, is definitely on the forefront. Like, yes, I, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I get it, but then it, it's gone. Whereas I think mm. the difference with me and you, Darius, is you have to live somewhat in a system where you know that that, that could make a difference in your job or make a, um, in who decides to 
I don't, I have that, but not, not to the same extent. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> what were you yeah. going to say though, Raph? It's really, it's really interesting how you, you highlight the, the, all the different nuances between kind of like the, the system, the, the endemic racism in institutions that will hit Darius in a different way than would hit yeah. you. It, it's interesting because mm-hmm. we sometimes don't, don't always think about that. But for me, I mean, my, mine is nothing on any, on any level. I, I look like the most Oxford person in the world. Um, so I've never really, but the, the interesting one is particularly when I go to the States, um, obviously you're conversing with people, particularly when I get to the border and then, oh, they're really nice to me. They're really nice to me. I whack out my po- passport. My name's Rafael Garcia. And then it's like, they take me straight into a room. So yeah. I, I, for work, I go there a few times and it's really interesting that probably of the four times I've been, three times i've been so two times of the three i've been taken into like a room and then one time i've just been grilled it's incredible i mean i i've i mean again this is nothing but from a me perspective it's really it's really interesting yeah um and it was interesting to hannah hannah reflect on the the difference when she almost didn't acknowledge um it took her not a while to acknowledge it but she didn't face it in the younger years and i, I probably had a similar experience when I mean, a lot of my um my family are are mixed race and a number of them are from Trinidad and Tobago obviously the rest of them are from the Canary Islands and it's it's really interesting that when you're born into that as part of your family it's for me it was obviously it's, diff- it's different but you don't see race until a later mm. age if that makes sense so you kind of don't really understand that it's even a thing until probably mm. a little bit whereas I think people that come from a solely maybe that'd be a white background or any ethnicity background where it's just solely with that one group um, you 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 kind of pick up on it earlier, but now I, I can say I'll be I'm fortunate enough to have not I didn't acknowledge that until probably really secondary school, probably if I'm honest. Okay, thank you, thank you all so much for sharing. I really really do appreciate that because like all of our journeys have been different, all of the things that we've experienced has been different, and I feel like when we are all looking at allyship, specifically um, with anti-racism and Black Lives Matter, it's extremely important to look at the individual things that we've been to been through but not let that be our driving force it's like they're all of our things are individual because like i can't in any way say that i know what it's like to be you know fetishized in the same way that a woman would be i don't know what that's like i can never know what that's like and hannah i can never know your struggle like i just don't because it's different Mm -hmm. and like obviously there are different levels of like privilege and everything but everyone is going through something and I think when we collectively as a world realize that that is when some things will start to change